song is entitled The Untitled Hymn, in case you did not know. I love that song. It, it takes you from beginning to life, beginning of life to the end of life, and all the stuff that happens in between. It's just a really cool, really neat song. So, Good morning, again. Good to see you guys. Good to see you guys, wherever you are up there. The lights are really bright. I think I might have said that last time, but the lights are still as bright as they were last time. So let's get started. So, Father, thank you again that you are a good God, that your mercies endure and last forever, that you are unchangeable. The scripture teaches that you are also unsearchable, but you have chosen to reveal yourself to us. You have chosen to give us life through Christ Jesus. So, Father, speak to our hearts today. Speak to mine first. Um, I need it as much as anybody else, or if not more. So reveal your heart to us, Father. Let us see your heart. Let us see the joy that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, I think the last time I spoke, I had, I spoke on... Um, Jesus, the best chef ever. So I kind of like those kind of ideas. So, so this message is called Jesus, the best replacement parts guy or <laughs> surgeon ever. <laughs> and it also with it I have there's tactics and reactions. So I'm always I'm 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 like often I think God asks me a question every once in a while. Oh, let me. Um, so there's no mystery. This is Catherine and her son Alex. <laughs> Special to me. So, um, but I'm often asked this question, I think by the Spirit of God, is um, how are you living, Greg? I think, that, I think that's the question he asked. How are we living? You know, how then shall we live? Francis Schaeffer actually wrote a book, How Then Shall We Live? Because he, he wants to know how, how we live as humans human beings, how, what are our choices? What do we do to uh, make it from one step to another? Are, can we be successful? But I want to touch on it a little bit different way too. Um, my life should be able to be read as a book. I'm one of your pastors here. And I shouldn't have, I mean, I have secrets. I should keep some of my secrets. <laughs> some of you don't want to know. So, but. I should be, you should be able to read me and see my life and read me in a sense like a book and, and, and my life should look in such a way that you'd want to follow me. You'd want to glean something off of me that would cause you to be a, a better person in Christ. And, it, and it's not like just follow great because Paul makes that statement to Follow me as I follow Christ. But the thing about it is this also. I should be able to look at each one of you and say the same thing. So that's how are you living? How are you living? That's the question. You want to live in such a way that you make people thirsty with your salt. You know, the best chef ever knows how to season his, whatever he's doing. He knows how to. And He's our example. Is how do we live? How do we season ourselves so that we make the world thirsty? 
I'm thirsty. I get dry lip and cotton mouth and all that other stuff up here. But so that's just the way it is. You should be able to tell your kids. You should be able to tell your husbands. You should be able to tell your boyfriends. You should be able to tell your girlfriends. You should be able to tell whoever, follow me. If you're not able to do that, then you need to go in and, and introspect yourself. Is that the right word? It's, it's funny. We take communion, and the Bible says let a man examine himself, right? Well, he doesn't mean when you come to church that Sunday for communion to start examining yourself. He means when you walk out the door for the next month, examine yourself. So somebody can look at, some, and look at you and say, I like that example. And so when you step before the communion table, you're all set. It's almost like a formality after that because you've already got your stuff together. You've repented. You've whatever you needed to do. So that when you step into a communion situation, you know that your heart is right. You know you got it together. Our lives should become more mature as we grow in Christ. There's no, there's no stopping point. We should be on this upward climb. I'm not shaking. I'm just trying to make it up. I'm not shaking. But we should be on this upward climb to maturity, to perfection. It does not mean that we're perfect, even though I just mentioned the word perfection. Be perfect as your father is perfect. But it's like, I need to be accountable to Nick, Right? Nick needs to be able to see my life and he can go, hey, you should watch Greg's life to his son. You should be able to say that to your little boys. Of course, by the time they're old enough to understand, I'll probably be like this. Blind, <laughs> crippled, and crazy or something. Jesus had to come touch me. So, but that's what, you know, that's the, you're pursuing God. And actually, God is pursuing you, like Nick said a little bit earlier. It's his pursuit of us, and it's a revelation of how then shall we live. So are we being proactive about your salvation and the treatment of others? Psalms 119.9, and, I, and I, I read it when I first became a believer, and I believe it now. How then shall a young man keep his ways pure? It's a question, and it also is a statement. It's an answer to that little Psalm 119.9, how then shall a young man keep his ways pure? That's the question. By, the answer is by keeping them according to God's word. And I'm always a sticker, you need to read the word, you need to read the word, you know, because you need to read the word. It's, I mean, it's, it's simple. It's, it's, it's just really simple. Read the word because God took the time to write us a letter. Take the time to read it. That keeps your heart pure. That keeps your heart Aggressive that keeps your heart hungry, that keeps your heart steady and, and truthful and whatever it needs to be to get you to the place where you need to get. So Jesus is the replacement surgeon. So the first thing that he chooses to replace is a stony, dead heart with a heart that is now alive. When we come to Christ, that's what he starts doing. He starts working on the heart, softening up that hard stuff that's in there, 
and begin to turn it into a fleshly heart that can receive and that can give, that can receive love, that can give love, that can, can be open to all the possibilities. We don't, we don't grow as fast as we can because we try to guard our hearts too much, from, and mostly from God. We think that he doesn't know something about our heart. Right? That's what we think because that's why we're always hiding. Well, he knows, so open it up to him. It's, 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 it's your opportunity. Paul explains this in 2 Corinthians 3, 1 through 4. Another one of my favorite scriptures, and I'm going to read this one. 2 Corinthians 3, 1 through 4. And it has a little bit to do with the heart. It has a lot to do with the heart. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need as like some letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter. So I said, can you read me? Can you look like me? Can you act like me? I'm asking the same thing. Paul's asking the same thing. You are our letter, written in our hearts, known and read by all men, not written on tablets of stone, but on fleshly hearts. And he goes back to this, known and read by all men. We're re I'm reading you. Some of you I've had the opportunity to read for going on 50 years. And, and same thing with me. Some of you have known me for a long time. You get the opportunity to read Craig Rush and say, is, he, is Craig Rush a phony or is Craig Rush keeping it real? And you, and you have the opportunity to read me and tell me yes or no. And you should tell me yes or no. If it gets out of control, somebody needs to speak up. I'm not talking about every little thing that great falls over or whatever, but there's, there's, there's character that needs to be built. There's attitude that needs to be right. We, we are letters, and we get to know each other through those letters. So I want to try to, I, I think I have a lot of time to, to do all this stuff. And I'm always saying, sermon's too long, cut it short. So <laughs> here we go. Two, two little short stories in the Bible, but I think they're really big. The um, Bartimaeus, you know who Bartimaeus is? Bar means son of, and he was the son of Timaeus. So Bartimaeus was his name. That's what they, that's what they knew him by. Uh, found in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 50, 52. Um, he was blind, right? So, and I touched on this, I think, quite a while back. I talked about Bartimaeus a little while ago. Uh, he was a blind beggar, I guess, on the side of the road somewhere in, along Jericho. The attitude of Bartimaeus could have been a bad one because he was not always blind. You know that? We think Bartimaeus was always blind, but he wasn't always blind. Something made him blind. You, you know. And so because he couldn't see, he couldn't work, he couldn't do this, he couldn't do that, so he ended up being a beggar. He could have had bad attitude through all of that stuff, and maybe he did. But I think his attitude was that I've had enough. I, I, thought, about, I thought about when I became a believer, and I got to that place where I said, you know what? I've had enough. I'm done with being crazy. I'm done with being stupid. I'm done with being drunk. I'm done with this. I'm done with that. I've had enough. And I think that was the attitude of Bartimaeus. And Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And there's probably a 
whole crowd following him, and Bartimaeus is trying to figure out what's going on. And he says, who is this? And they says, Jesus of Nazareth. And he, and he knows, he's heard of Jesus. He knows who Jesus is. And so he's like, Jesus, son of David. <laughs> and he's shut up. And he's like, I'm not shutting up. He's had enough. He's had enough. So he's yelling, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And he's yelling it out. And they said, shut up, shut up. And I don't think it was necessarily the disciples. I think it was all these other guys. Maybe blind beggars, maybe lame people, maybe whatever. But they hadn't had enough yet. Jesus is walking by. How you let Jesus walk by and not have enough? So you step into that. He's thinking, I'm stepping into it. Jesus, son of David, for us, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. And Jesus can hear him. I'm sure he heard him. I'm sure Jesus walked by there lots of times and didn't heal Bartimaeus on, that, on the frequent trips he took through that area. But today was special. You know why? Because Bartimaeus opened his mouth. He opened his mouth. We have not because we ask not. Right? So he opened his mouth. And they were like, shut up. He's like, mm, I'm not shutting up. And Jesus says, go get him. And so they, the disciples go get him. They bring him to Jesus. And he said, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, let me receive. Oh, and there's one other thing he does too. I, I need to mention. He throws off his cloak. He's got on a garment and he throws it off. Gets it back to it's, it's It's important to me. It's important. He said, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, I want to receive my sight again. And so Jesus simply, in a normal day for him, we think it's this outstanding things that Jesus does healing people. But it's just a, it's a normal day for Jesus. That's what, that's, that's what he does. That's his mode of operation. You know, Jesus heals the brokenhearted, sets the captives free, opens wide prison doors. Somebody's getting ready to happen receive all, of, all three of those when you think about it that day. So he says, your faith has made you well. And he, and he moves on. And so to me, Bartimaeus is at a crossroads. He just got touched by the master. And he asked for that touch. So now what does he do? He has two choices. There's options here. And I need to say Jesus had tactics. And and reason why I mention this part is because we need to become more tactical when we share the gospel with people, when we want to get involved with people's lives. Jesus didn't just walk up there and boom. He asked them a question. That's a tactic. Find out what find out about the person. Find out about the, their heart, what's going on with their lives. Don't just what was going on in Bartimaeus' life? He was blind. He wanted to be made able to see again. And so Tactic number one and tactic number two was he brought comfort to Bartimaeus. You know, bring comfort to people you talk to. Don't just, don't just boom, 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 this is how it goes. You know, we always have these pat answers about uh, how people need to get saved, you know, that type of thing. And I already got my preconceived idea of how I'm going to answer instead of listening to their heart. This guy's heart was hurting, and he wanted somebody to fix his heart. The eyes were this outward thing of, of a hurting heart. 
And so I'm picturing Bartimaeus. He's got his, he's got his eyes open, healed, and he goes. He can think. I'm going to go back and get my cloak, my garment, and just sit down again and become this bl not blind beggar now, but this seeing beggar. Choice and option number one, or I can take option number two, door number two, and um, follow Jesus, because Jesus didn't tell him he couldn't. He just he probably would have thought he was another person in the crowd. But you think Bartimaeus was loud before? He's walking down the road, and there's probably other people, lime, lime, <laughs> blind. <laughs> you know, all these people, I mean, that part of the world, that, in that time in the world, there was sickness everywhere. And Jesus, or should I say, Bartimaeus was going, hey, this is me, Bartimaeus, I... I can see you. <laughs> Guess why I can see you? Yeah. He's becoming what? An evangelist. Yeah. He's telling the good news of Jesus. I couldn't see before, but I see you. Is that you, Frank? I heard your name, but now I see you, Frank. He, I mean, that's, a, that's the gospel witness. Let me tell you something. You have a testimony, and 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 you, everybody in this room has something to tell somebody else about Jesus. You know, because if you, and, and even if you got saved at three years old, thank God, because you don't have the crazy testimony that I have, or maybe the crazier testimony somebody else might have. That's a really sweet testimony. I would rather have the three-year-old coming to Christ than my testimony. But Bartimaeus had this testimony. And he, I, I just got to believe, because he was following, he, went, he followed, the Bible says he followed Jesus. He, got, he became part of that group. And I, I don't think he was like, okay, cool, I got my eyes fixed, I'm just going to keep my eyes forward. I think he was all over the place. I think when you first get saved as a believer, you are excited. You know, why we lose that excitement, I'm not sure. You know, rejection, oh, I told somebody about Jesus, and they, they rejected me. Well, Jesus didn't ask you to save anybody. He just said, tell somebody. The rest is up to him. He gets to, he, he's the harvester. We're the, we're, the, we're the fruit or planters. We're the waters. We're all these things. We might not ever get to see the fruition of a salvation, but you have the opportunity to share your testimony. What happened to you? You can't deny that. What happened to you happened to you. No one can call you a liar about that. It happened to you. And so they can't, if they, if they are willing to listen, and most, and most times people are, especially if they approach you, you just have to know how to tactically share your faith. And I think a lot of that starts by asking questions. Jesus asked Bartimaeus a question. What do you want? Jesus walked past her all the time. Like I said, he knew Bartimaeus was blind. He knew that. But he's waiting for Bartimaeus to pop the big question. <laughs> what do you want to? I want to, I want my sight. I want to be able to see again. That's it. Let me see again. And in the same way, we're, all of us are blind to certain things, and we need to be yelling at the top of our voices, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Speak to me. Come tell me what I need to do. To be able to see again. And, and sometimes we're just afraid to do it. 
because the person sitting next to me might make fun of me or something like that. Bartimaeus didn't care anymore. He did not care. He's like, I'm getting, I'm getting my thing today. And, I'm, and, and, and it's going to be good. Because he had heard about Jesus doing all these things. Jesus healed and fixed withered arms and raised the dead. And, and all of those things that Jesus did would have to be exciting to the crowd as they saw him. But the news always gets around about something like that. Jesus would say, don't go tell anybody. Go show the priest. And they were like, I'm not doing it. I'm going there. I'm yelling it to everybody. You know, it's like, it's like don't, I, that's not what I told you to do. But I don't think he's disappointed in that. If Jesus said, just go straight home, and, and, on your, and you go, no way. I'm going to my neighbor's house, and I'm going to tell them about the good news of Jesus. He's good with that. You know, there's no rebuke there. There's, there's the goodness of God working in somebody's life to, to bring them to a... <laughs> it's not my phone, so... <laughs> just me being me, so don't worry about it. <laughs> but I just see him. I just see him making his way down the road and just telling everybody about the love of God, about what Jesus did for him. Because that's all you have to do. That's a testimony. What did Jesus do to you? Well, Jesus saved my life at three years old. Well, Jesus stopped me from committing suicide at 35 years old. And this is how it happened. Because you can, you can often look in people's face and you can, you can, you can see their blank stares. You can see their loneliness. You can see their grief. You can see their struggle. And if you learn how to approach it, if you get your tactics right and things like that, you can actually go talk to people. I was, I was at um, Macy's. I know Macy's is expensive, but they have the black people sell or something like that. What's it, black? <laughs> black Friday, that's what it is, Black Friday. <laughs> And so I could go get it. I wanted to get a shirt. I actually brought this shirt. So anyhow. But the reason why I bring that up, because there was a girl there, and she was trying to sell me perfume. I'm not a perfume guy. I don't, I don't use a lot of cologne and stuff like that. And I told her. Uh, somebody probably said, well, you should. <laughs> and so I, I, and I told her. I said, you know, um, I don't really, I'm not really a perfume person. She goes, well, you're, well, after you finish doing what you're doing, just stop by my place and come find me and, and, and we can talk and I'll give you some samples. And so um, I, I did that and I, I actually sought her out and I, I had to go all the way over to the, to the perfume cologne area and stuff like that. And so she was showing me all of these men's colognes and, um, and so I said, well, okay, um, let me try this one, try that one. And I said, what's the price? And she said, oh, they're not that expensive. I said, what's the price? This isn't <laughs> This is Macy's. What's the price? It's, oh, it's not that much. Just $95. I was like, right? <laughs> and that was the cheap one. <laughs> and so I said, well, you know, I'll think about it. And, and if I um, like it, maybe I'll come back. But, oh, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. I began to ask her questions about certain things. And, and I had the opportunity to say, well, um, I'm a pastor. And, you know, and we just start talking. And, and just out of that conversation, she was a believer um, from, I want to say Jordan, but I'm not sure. And, and we just had this great conversation for 
probably 45 minutes or so until her, her boss came over and said, and she goes, my boss is there, I gotta get back to work. You know? But it was, it was just a, well, I was just looking for that little bit of opportunity to, to share, the, to, to just tell her about me and, and find out about her. And, and we were able to, and it was, it was just so casual. You know, um, I wasn't trying to, in a sense, lead her to the Lord, but when we started talking, find out she was a, already a believer and she was, and she was telling me these, these, this, and I was telling her that, and she was like, oh, I got goosebumps. And I was like, I got goosebumps too, you know, it was like, because we were telling some pretty cool stories about God's goodness and things like that. But it's just, it's just, just do it. I mean, you can get over your fears. You might not necessarily get over your nervousness. Sometimes nervousness is good if it's, if it's used properly. I would assume the opposite of nervousness is probably a little bit of arrogance or something like that, that you think you can do everything right all the time and you don't, you know. But um, there's an opportunity there. So that's story number one. I believe Bartimaeus was on his game being an evangelist. So, and, and I guess one of the questions would be, what do you want? Jesus has a lot of replacement parts. He's got a bag full of replacement parts. What's hurting? Give to Jesus. Let him replace the hurt with a functioning replacement part. And, and, and it's nothing. All of us hurt. We're humans. We're, we're fallen creatures. So all of us have problems. All of us have issues. All of us have things that need to be mended by by Christ Jesus the master. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Goodness. I've, I've cried more in the last two years than I've cried in the last 65 years. And Jesus has to do a lot of mending. He has to, has to, has to take broken parts and, and, and replace them. There's nothing, nothing shameful in that. The shame is if you don't open your mouth and ask for help. Because that's, that's, that's like detrimental to your growth to your life, to your ability to be more Christ-like, how you're living. You know, because that's, the, that's always the question, how are you living? Can you swallow your pride? Can you, can you humbly go to Jesus and say, help me? Because Bartimaeus did, and all of us should. Because why carry this bag of garbage around? It's just garbage. What? And it stinks. Garbage always stinks. Pretty soon flies show up, maggots show up, and, and then it's a mess. So end it before that stuff happens. Stop lying. If you, if you like to lie a lot, stop lying. <laughs> you know, let Jesus give you something out of the bag that stops you from lying. If you like to steal, stop stealing. You know, Jesus will give you something out of the bag to stop you from stealing by his spirit. If you like to have unlawful sex, stop having unlawful sex. Because <laughs> you know, Jesus will give you something out of the bag to stop you from having unlawful sex. Unlawful sex is anything that's not between a married couple, male, female. That's unlawful sex. Some of it is adultery, some of it is fornication. Stop it. I guess fornication would fit under adultery too. But stop. Ask Jesus for help. He can help you. That's his job. That's his responsibility. And it's not a burden to him to do it. It actually brings him joy to be able to fix us. It, it's not, it's, it's like, oh, I've got to fix Greg again. It's like I, I get to fix Greg again. Yeah. 25 times a day I had to fix Greg. <laughs> <laughs> to 
dude looks like Evil Knievel after a jump. <laughs> but he's fixed. He's fixed. So then we get to the guy in the tomb, the Gadarazine demoniac. He needs help. So I have to find it here. Let me say this. When people are hurting, you should not silence them, but listen. Be sensitive. Listen and hear. Hear the scream of their hearts. Listen. You can hear, you can hear the heart screaming if you listen. But if you run in your mouth, you can't listen because they don't work in combo. One has to happen to, before the other happens. Listen first, run your mouth second. Don't run your mouth and listen second, because while you're running your mouth, they're running their feet. They're out of there, because they don't care, because you're not listening. Really listen. Ask questions. Give hope. Don't take away the little bit of hope that they might have. You do have the answer. Trust me. You have the answer. It's there. You just have to be sensitive to wanting to be a help and not a hindrance. You have to be sensitive to not wanting to get the glory. Because the glory doesn't belong to you anyhow. The beginning of something eternal might be happening. And some of it might be happening to you too. You know, as you begin to change your attitude and your idea of how I should share the, the good news of Christ Jesus. I didn't get battered when I when they when the when the good news of Christ Jesus was shared with me, I didn't get battered. I got loved. I mean, this place loved me to life. And, and I, I, I never heard one negative word. And I told you this before. Greg, I think, a couple of times showed up in this place, buzzed, and it never said a word other than we love you. Great lesson to learn. So Mark chapter 5 is the, is the chapter with the with the guy in the, the tombs. I call it like Shark Week. You ever watch Shark Week? <laughs> the sharks are like, yum, yum, I'm going to eat somebody because this guy was bad. And if you read the story, you know he was, he was kicking butt and taking names later type guy. He's like throw people up in trees and he was just, he was tough. Nobody wanted to get around him. He's wild, he's possessed, he's running straight towards Jesus. And Jesus is standing just like this. And this guy is booking towards Jesus. And he ain't got no clothes on. And he's just running towards Jesus. I'm just, I'm picturing again the disciples, and the disciples are probably like, <laughs> it's, it's wild and demoniac. Refugio, or whatever his name is, you know, and it's like, uh-uh, I'm not messing with this dude. And Jesus is just standing there and waiting. And by the time he gets to Jesus, he is on his knees. And who's inside of him while he's on his knees? Legions. Who are you, Jesus, speaks to him. We are legion. We are many. And so Jesus just, they said, don't throw up, don't kill us before our time. 
So what do you want me to do? He says, throw us into them pigs. And he throws them into the pigs. Or they go into the pigs. And the pigs were like, we don't want you in us. And the pigs wanted them out of them so badly that they committed suicide. Think about it. The pigs didn't want to live another second because they were demon-possessed. And so they jumped in there and they killed themselves. And Jesus speaks to this man. I'm sure he speaks to this man. There's not a lot of conversation going on other than this. Jesus says, because he wants to go to Jesus, and Jesus says, no, go tell everybody in Decapolis. Go tell your family in Decapolis. And your family, his family, is, I'm, I, again, I'm, it's Craig's imagination, but I'm thinking his family is at the other end of Decapolis. Decapolis was actually about 10 cities, and it was like going going through the San Fernando Valley or whatever, and you got to get all the way over to Chatsworth to get to your family. And um, I, again, think on the way there, here's a man clothed in his right mind, because the Bible says he's clothed in his right mind, and he's got on a three-piece suit. I mean, he's ready to go, you know, because it says he's clothed in his right mind, and, and, he's, and he's dressed. Jesus dressed him up. And... As far as I can tell, Jesus doesn't fix us and dress us up in rags. He might not give us a Mercedes or anything like that, but he's not going to give us junk. So again, this guy on his way to the end of Decapolis to see his family, I'm sure he evangelized. He spoke. People were seeing him. Isn't that Refugio that had the chains around him and didn't have any clothes on? And now look at him. He's talking to people about this Jesus, and he's telling them what Jesus did to him. He took all of these demons out of him and stuff like that. The guy he threw up in the tree saw him, and he's like, well, I'm not going to get too close, but I want to hear what he's got to say. You know, and, and, and he, just, he just goes on and on and on, and he just, he's, he's ready to tell somebody about the love of God. Isn't that cool? Because that's, that's what my imagination, and I think I'm not far off, is what happened. He had something to say. You have a testimony? <laughs> and you have a testimony? 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 And you, 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 you. We all have testimonies. I got a testimony, and I'm not afraid to use it, that type of thing. <laughs> because we shouldn't be afraid to use it. Jesus didn't just save you so you could feel good. He saved you so you can go into all the world and preach the gospel. And if you get the opportunity, baptize somebody. That's, if that happens, that's cool. But the most important thing is to preach the gospel. And let it be known what great things God has done for you. We've all dealt with sin and through the blood of Jesus have overcome a lot of it and we are all still in the process of getting our clothing right and being perfected. We're all in the process. Nobody's arrived. You want your kids to watch me, I want, my, I want your kids to watch me because that's, that's accountability. But they might see Greg stumble 
or fall. But overall, they're going to see some good stuff come out of Greg. You know, overall, they're going to see some good stuff come out of you because you're, you're, you're seeking after Jesus. You know, you're seeking after the person who changed your life. And nobody can tell me I didn't, my life didn't get changed because my life got changed. You know, my life got changed. And so why wouldn't I want to tell others? I, have the, I mean, this is a privilege to stand up here and say I can tell this. The majority of the crowd is... is, is uh, Believers, so it's not, it, it, in that sense, I'm not um, getting you saved, but hopefully, I'm getting you growth. Is that, is that that's not really good English at all? But I'm 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 helping you to grow. Yeah. That's part of my job, yeah. is to help you to grow. Is to is to is to say you can do this. I'm I'm Ryan's cheerleader. Yeah. He gets to dump on you guys the heavies. <laughs> And I get to lead the band. <laughs> you know? And, and, and I, I like that. I, like, I, I, I want to be a cheerleader. You can do this. You can, you can do it. You, know? you just have to take that first step. If you step into a swimming pool and you can't swim, where are you going to step? Deep in? No. You just step in the first little part and then you, you, you figure it out. Somebody comes along and helps you to figure it out a little bit better. That's what you do. And then after a while, you can swim the length of the pool and back and forth and stuff like that. Or whatever example you would possibly use to do that. Um, reason why I mentioned tactics, I'm reading a book called Tactics. And the and, and reason why I'm kind of jazzed about this a little bit, too, is because he's, he, I'm learning how to share my faith in a non-aggressive way. Because sometimes you can be really aggressive. When you, you want so badly for someone to get saved. And you see the shipwreck that they are. And, and you just, but take the time to learn how to do it right. Jesus wasn't haphazard when he shared the heart of his father. He didn't go, oh, what am I going to do today? Okay, I think I'll share the gospel. I think I'll tell the good. No, he had a, he had a pattern, and he, he only did what his father told him to do. Isn't that what the scripture says? Yeah. He only did what his father told him to do. And so he did it very well. Nobody's ever done it better. Nobody ever will do it better. But what a perfect model to watch. It's the perfect model to learn how to share the gospel with someone. Philippians talking, talks about being like Jesus, but the scary part of that is, is you have to empty yourself to be like Jesus. You have to die to yourself to be like Jesus. If you don't die to yourself, you don't get, in a sense, exalted. But Jesus did all the things his father asked him to do, and he's exalted above every other name above all names in heaven and earth and, and wherever the universe goes. He's preeminent in all of it because he, he chose to be sensitive. He chose to be kind. He chose to be generous. So one little last statement here, and we'll have Daniel come up. I won't do the you have the testimony thing anymore. But. <laughs> be bold. Be sensitive. Be compassionate. This what, What's our year of? The year of compassion. So don't let it go through your ears and say, oh, it's a year of compassion, but I'm not even going to pay any attention to what compassion is. Go learn compassion. 
learn what it means to be compassionate, and then institute it into your life. Make it a part of your life. Be intentional. Don't be haphazard about it. Be intentional. Don't be judgmental. Be non-judgmental. Because if we're all going to suffer if God were to pass judgment on all of us. Be loving, be kind, be humble, be dripping with the fruit juice of the Spirit. Because that's what works. Eternity is at stake. So, it's simple. But there's something about the harvest being plentiful and the laborers being few. Ryan always talks about the billion people getting saved. So that means we have to have a part in that. What can this little vineyard here at Osborne do to, to share the gospel and be part of that billion people harvest? Obviously, we're not going to harvest a billion people ourselves. But maybe we can harvest 10. Maybe we can harvest 20. Maybe we can harvest 30. But we have to be willing to be harvesters. We have to be willing to be planters. We have to be willing to be filled with the Spirit of God so that we can share the good news of God. We have to understand what God is trying to do. We get to learn his tactics. They're here. All of God's tactics are right here. Beginning to end. He's a saving God. So Daniel's going to play one song. And then we're going to, I'll close out with a prayer. Okay? And after the, after the, stand up. <laughs>